Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Stevenson. Dr. John Hodge is an inspirational speaker and respected educator. After serving in various capacities in the field of education, Dr. Hodge co-founded Urban Learning and Leadership Center, ULLC, where he serves as president. Through speaking engagements and his work with ULLC, Dr. Hodge continuously advocates for impoverished children and their families and works to close the achievement gap through academic excellence. He'll be providing invaluable insight as the closing keynote at this year's virtual PASA PSBA School Leadership Conference. But ahead of the October event, we had the opportunity to sit down with him. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Hodge. Thanks for having me. So let's start by, if you wouldn't mind, just giving us a little background career-wise and experience-wise, how you developed really this area of focus and passion. Well, I think I, in, I need to go back to my upbringing. Uh, I had an interesting childhood in that I grew up in a very supportive household in a very tough neighborhood. Okay. So the duality of my existence I think uh, caused me to have an interest in this, this uh, area of research. Um, also, something that a lot of folks don't know about me, and I, I normally don't share it during keynotes, okay. but um, while I was a, a soldier, I was deployed to Los Angeles after the Rodney King verdict and responded to what we now know as uh, the LA riots. and. One thing I noticed, you know, the folks that were acting most outrageously were grown. The kids were okay. And Mm -hmm. I had a a chance to really talk to them about life and school and where they wanted to go and what they want to be. And that really made me know, okay, well, um, education is kind of what I need to do. And and understanding how people bounce back from adversity is something I need to, to really focus on. So hmm. it's kind of a unique background. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting uh, kind of learning space that you were able to sure. take in, you know. So apart from academic instruction, what are some of the factors that play a role in closing the achievement gap? I, I think we have to be holistic in our approach to educating students. Um, I think the achievement gap is not merely representative of a person's academic level. It's representative of a lot of different factors that they bring to the school. Mm -hmm. And so in closing the achievement gap, if we're serious about not just closing it, but preparing children for life after school, we have to be holistic in what we do. I think um, whether or not um, education is a priority in a home has some bearing on academic performance. Mm -hmm. And we have to keep in mind that some children are coming to us uh, in survival mode. So when you are existing in survival mode, what's important to you is surviving the day. So you're not necessarily thinking about the test next Friday or the report card nine weeks from now, you are surviving day to day. Mm -hmm. If we can infuse education as a priority and a bright future as a possibility, while a child is in survival mode, that's a win. Because then it's, okay, how can I conduct myself in such a way that I address the needs 
my learning requirements and survive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and kids, the great news is kids can start learning this at six years old. Mm. You know, very early. Yeah. That education is a priority. And if my lights go out, I go to my neighbor's house who has electricity and I do my schoolwork there. Those are the kinds of things that we can start to instill in children very early. So you're not a, yes, we know circumstances are very difficult. That's real. But a, a child doesn't have to be a victim of circumstance. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's a very important learning experience that we need to offer children as early as possible. Mm -hmm. And so you've kind of touched upon, you know, the adaptability part of going yeah. where the electricity is and that sort yeah. of thing. And so kind of aligned to that, what role do guardians, educators, school leaders play in helping students develop that resilience? Okay. Um, I've traveled the country, as you know. I've been to lots of different school districts. Um, I make it a practice. Um, my normal job is um, I am assigned to schools that are attempting to meet or exceed state accreditation standards. Okay. And my company is a school improvement company. So we do a variety of projects. And primarily, uh, I work in high poverty schools. So I've seen lots of different schools. There are lots of different levels of resource resources in those school districts. Um, sometimes a big difference between urban school districts and rural, for example. Mm -hmm. And as a general rule, I say to schools and parents, you do the best you can with what you have. So I'll give you a, a pretty drastic but true example. Mm -hmm. If you are a parent and you have lots of different kids at home and you're raising them by yourself, you don't necessarily understand the content that's coming home with your child. Mm -hmm. One of the things you can do is you offer a quiet time and a quiet space for your children to address their, their assignments from school. So I, I've seen an actual example where a parent put a taped, like a, a box, he put tape on, tape on the floor, maybe three feet by three feet on the floor. And when her child was in her chair sitting in that square, everybody else had to be quiet. Mm -hmm. Now that's not a kid with their own room, that's not a kid with their own desk or, uh, you know, a place in the basement to study exclusively. Right. That's a parent doing, doing the best she can do with what she has. Right. Another thing kids need in these circumstances is consistency. So worrying about whether or not mom's going to be home, whether or not uh, the folks who are raising me are, are going to be supportive, whether or not my teacher really likes me or not. Kids don't need hot and cold. They need consistency from the adults around them. Mm -hmm. And we need to be consistently supportive, which doesn't necessarily mean that you can get a kid everything they want and need. Right. Mm -hmm. right. But if we're consistent with our love and support, the, the research is overwhelming that kids can overcome some really tough circumstances. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So that is the foundation. Makes total yeah. sense, though. Yeah. So we've had an unusual year here in the past number of months. Um, last school year, the standardized tests were not administered in Pennsylvania. And the extent of learning loss caused by COVID-19 is still to be realized. 
do you believe, or what is your perspective on this, uh, this pause in typical instruction and how it may or may not cause a shift to higher order thinking? What's the importance of this type of thinking as well? There is an essential question that every educator needs to ask. Every school, I would think, every department of education, every school of higher learning that's preparing teachers. Mm -hmm. That question is the following. What skills, traits, characteristics do children need for success in school and success in life? The, the whole purpose of school is not to pass a, t a state assessment. Yes, state assessments are crucial. They're very, very important. But the ultimate role of a school is to pre prepare kids for life when they leave us. <laughs> you know, that's, that is the point. Yeah, absolutely. So um, with regard to standards and assessments and higher order thinking, um, I do think if it's part of the direction the school district is going in, you may see a shift to higher order thinking. Um, but I don't think that's the whole piece. I think another thing that needs to happen is we have to look at some of the content that may have been missed and extract essential questions, essential standards. So maybe you're not addressing all of the, the standards, but the essential ones you are addressing because kids are going to eventually leave you and go to the next grade level. So it's important to extract what's most important. But let's think about how we're thinking. It's not just about school. Mm -hmm. it's, it's bigger than that. There are people in, I'm in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Okay. So let's say for the last 30 years, you're, you've been working in an industry that employs 234,000 people. Uh, it has a 6.4 compound growth rate every year. Uh, it, uh, it accounted for $26 billion in revenue in 2018. And in March of 2020, that industry ceased to exist. What do you do? Well, that's a real question because the industry I just described is tourism in the right. Commonwealth of Virginia. Okay. So if as a child, when I leave school, if I'm not ready to handle complex problems like that, I'm not ready for a post-COVID economy. So it's not just about the state assessment or, or our courses. That's really important. But higher order thinking is a necessary life skill. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's something we should be doing anyway. Yeah. Because uh, life is pretty complex. So, yes, we may see a shift. I don't think it'll happen by osmosis. I think that our leadership uh, needs to make it a priority um, because if it's not, what you might see happening in, in some schools is that we're just in survival mode. Mm -hmm. We're just covering what's in the textbook. And that's not necessarily preparing kids for life. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So can you talk about the SAME, same approach to education and how this has been successful in schools? Sure, so I, I spoke earlier about how we should educate children holistically. Mm -hmm. And same is my company's answer to the question I posed earlier. What skills, traits, characteristics do kids need for success in school and life? Okay. In order to, in our opinion, as an organization adequately prepare children for school and life, we have to be holistic. So with, within our delivery system, 
within a school, we have to address what we call the social environment within a school. That's the S in SAME. Mm -hmm. SAME stands for social, academic, and moral education. So the S in SAME stands for social. We define the social environment as how members of the school community behave. Now, when I say school and behavior, most people think I'm talking about the kids, and I am, but not just the kids, because children model what they see. So in the social domain, teachers have to be what we want our students to become. We have to clearly communicate and overtly model the behaviors we desire. And then we can hold kids accountable for those behaviors. So the social environment is all about behavior. The A in SAME uh, deals with the academic environment. The academic environment deals with how members of the school community engage in teaching and learning. So as a teacher, do I have the skill sets required to develop or to deliver a very engaging, aligned academic lesson? Yes, hopefully you do. But on the other side, as a student, do I have the skills required to participate in said lesson? Mm -hmm. Like, do I know how to ask questions? Am I organized? Do I know how to make the most of a classroom and get this and that, even if my teacher's boring? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I'm responsible for that content, right? So, right. so th that's a really important skill to have in the academic yeah. domain. Yeah. And then the M is the moral domain of SAME, S-A-M-E, Social Academic Moral Education. The M, as we see it, deals with what members of the school community believe. So do I believe that my students can be academically su successful regardless of their zip code? Like, does it, does it matter to me where a kid comes from and who they are and how they look? Like, do I think they can make it anyway? Do I have that sense of efficacy? That's the belief system on the, on the part of, a, of the adults. And on the student side, do I value education? Do I see do I see the relevance? Right. Do I see education as relevant to my survival? Um, and if I do, then I can get through a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I can I can survive. But if I don't, if it's just something I have to do right now, then um, my academic performance is not going to be what we would want it to be. All of these things have to be addressed within a culture of distributed leadership which means all of the kids belong to all of us. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a fourth grade teacher, but there's an issue with fifth grade kids, those are my issues too. Okay. I can't say, oh, that's their problem. You know, I had them last year <laughs> because you might have the answer to the issue, right. right? So there has to be some degree of collaboration, grade to grade, departmental, that we have to work together to address the needs of our children. That's distributed leadership. And we involve to the extent possible, the home, the community and the school. That's, that's same in a box. And what we've seen is that if you deliver, take this approach with fidelity over time, you not only achieve um, academic success, but you're in a better position to sustain it. Because as you, as you grow as an organization, there's this M, that belief system says that we think we can keep doing this, we know we should, and as we bring people into our organization, 
we, there's an onboarding that takes place where we say, hey, here's how we do business in this school. We do that, we're gonna, we're gonna make a huge difference for the lives of, of a lot of kids in this country. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's same in a box. So you touched upon a concept, you said distributed leadership, and, and I was gonna ask you about how educators and school leaders can develop a culturally inclusive school. So that distributed leadership concept, does that play into that culturally inclusive environment? Yes, yes, yes. yes. I'll, I'll try to keep it simple for listeners. All right, so let's, let's think in terms of a school's school improvement plan, because mm -hmm. everybody develops one, the degree to which everybody knows what's in it, that's another story, that's another podcast, right? But every school probably, probably has one, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at a typical school improvement plan, there, there's normally a column that might talk about accountability, like who's, who's gonna be collecting data on this specific, in this specific area? Who's going to report back to the school leadership team how the school is doing? And what you see is, Principal, 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 like one person. It, in a school of 3,000 people, there's just one person who's like accountable for all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, distributed leadership says, like, I don't have to be the person who corrects a behavior um, as a teacher, but I can be a person who can report back the degree to which we are making progress in a specific area. So mm -hmm. I'm part of the leadership because I'm helping us to implement the things that are gonna make us better as a school. And that doesn't fall on one person, that falls on us. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing, because I, I gotta tell you, um, a lot of times the best answers for a school are in the faculty, it's not in the, it's not in the main office, it's, it's somebody on faculty. Yeah. And if you're not including them in the decisions, okay. if they're not a part of this, the discussion, there is no way you can implement change of any kind, okay. unless they're a part of it, right? Okay. So to us, that's distributed leadership. And sometimes the first step we take in working with schools is to build teamwork. Mm -hmm. Like let's let's come together on this, guys, because it's it's too hard to you can't the Lone Ranger is dead, He's gone, <laughs> right? You, seriously, you 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 gotta be together on this stuff, yeah. or there's no way you can get it done. But if you are together on it, you can make great stuff happen. That's the good news, right? Yeah, yeah. So distributed leadership means that we're we're coming together on a under a common mission and vision, and we work together to get stuff done. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now we are gonna have the benefit of hearing uh, much more from you at our upcoming school leadership conference in October, which I'm very excited about, our yes. first ever virtual conference. We're very excited that you will be joining us. But until then and after that, where can listeners know more about your work? Is there a website they can go to to check this out? Yeah, you could, um, you can check out my Twitter handle. Okay. Uh, that's uh, Dr. J. Hodge, 1906. Um, and I, I make a lot of commentary on education, but I also make a small degree of social commentary because I think we live, we can't live in isolation within a school. We live in a, a world. So um, I do some discussion of both. Uh, if you go on YouTube, there are several clips okay. um, where I talk about 
our philosophy and what we do as an organization. Uh, I've co-authored a book called Standing in the Gap, uh, a guide to using the same framework to create excellent schools. And if you'd like a, a copy of the book currently, um, you can call 757-224-8017 and talk to our office manager and we can send you a book. But uh, if I were you, I would wait because our fourth edition is coming out in October. <laughs> so awesome. yeah, the, the, month, the month that I'm with you guys, uh, we'll have the newest version of this book coming out. So it might be best to wait for that. But um, you, YouTube is a good source of information. And oh, my, our website is www.ullcschools.com. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Hodge. Really appreciate the time you took today with us. Sure. Thanks for having me, Annette. And I look forward to seeing you guys in October. Awesome. Look forward to it as well. Keystone Education Radio is a production of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. This episode is brought to you in part by HHSDR Architects, Engineers, One Group Risk Management and Insurance. Visit our website at keyedradio.org for more information on today's discussion and past episodes. Follow us on social media. Stay tuned to new topics and interviews. This is Annette Stevenson saying thank you for listening to Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.